0: What is up, everybody? And welcome to another fun-filled, chaotic, but interesting episode of the Spectator Mode Podcast. I am Keith Venture. Joining me is Carmi Smart. Say hello, Yo. Carl. Hello, and Carl. Netflix and silly is Paul. Oh, hey. he's got to do that thing you We've got a lot of topics to talk about today, but of course, beginning of every show, we talk about the games that we played this past week. And I'm going to go first because honestly, I didn't play anything. This week has been a stressful week for myself, work, and my mental health. Not to mention it's coming up on the anniversary of the passing of my father, where I'm usually depressed. So I didn't really play anything. What about you, Matt?
1: My condolences for your loss. Um game wise, uh I'm playing some Yakuza Four. I I beat uh a Spoon, Cthulhu Adventure, I'm playing some Black Sad. I'm playing a lot of I'm playing a lot of Roblox. I uh I played a lot during the Steam Odem- uh, the Steam Game Festival that was last week. I got a lot of demos I played from Loop Hero to that was a lot, but I, I, I pre-purchased Loop Hero because of it, so I'm
0: down. What about you, Carl? Uh,
2: I, too, have been one of those people who have been in the mental funk of known as depression. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to play anything this week. I have, however, gone out and bought Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and I'm currently downloading a whole heap of stuff onto my Xbox because, you know, my PS5 has become a glorified streaming machine. Uh, but I, I did watch movies this week. If that counts as something. It does uh, not count.
0: We were we were talking about games. But 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 what if movies. the movie
2: what if the movie is tangentially related to a game?
0: Reject it. No. <laughs> if it's a Mila Jikovitch movie, I don't think so. I will say this. No, you no, know, no. Super Mario Three d World just freaking came out and Will has already beaten the, the the Bowser's furry, like fury, like, jeez, Will. It's pretty easy. He's one hundred percented it. It's a pretty yeah, easy yeah, like, game though. Slow the hell down. <laughs>
1: It's super easy, though. That's, I'm being honest. It's very, like, you could just cakewalk in, like, 20 minutes.
0: So that's my problem. This yeah. game is, what, 40 bucks, And you can beat that DLC, apparently, 100% it, in, like, three hours? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah,
2: the, the main the main value out of that is going to be playing the main game plus the DLC for first time. So you got to remember, Will is one of these people that constantly will, like, grind at a game like crazy. As are the rest of the Nintendo team. So they, like, when they get through a game in three hours, I'd say probably it's closer to maybe four or five hours for the average human being.
0: So you're saying that those guys are superhuman and that we should ignore the feats that they do because we can't replicate them. Just one
2: third of them, yeah. But, uh,
1: j- you know, but j- j- serious, just,
0: just like speedrunners. <laughs>
1: just like speedrun. But yeah, but all serious, it is Bowser's huge is, is pretty short. I, 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 look, I looked it up, like, this is pretty short content. You could, like, a normal person could probably beat it in an afternoon. The first game, yeah. 3D World, if, if you haven't played 3D World before, I, I would say two days of playing. If you have played it before,
2: half a day because you already know. Yeah, 3D yeah, World's well, actually pretty good. Yeah, well, that's, that's just it. It's like I I haven't played 3D World before because I didn't have a Wii U. So <laughs> it was one of, the, one of those games that I missed out on, and I very much was disappointed I did miss out on the game. So when I heard it was coming out on the Switch, I'm like, oh, cool, this is a chance for me to catch up. Because like, I don't really have much in the way of Nintendo stuff after the like, Super Nintendo. Until recently when I went on my retro buying spree.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say if you've never played Super Mario World, then definitely play this. I played the hell of it on the Wii, so I Nef. might pick it up. No, no I'm not going to pick it up for the kids. Last time I picked up a game <laughs> for the kids, the kids did not play the game. And I was like, well, I spent all this money for nothing good job yeah, the, plus
2: the ki- kids are too busy playing games on your ps5 anyway you, when you want to play yeah
0: them. that and, and on the pc i know my son was downstairs yelling at his friend saying something bad about fortnite because uh, he doesn't like fortnite so <laughs> i mean and his true. friends do <laughs> so so he so so he is
2: a man of culture
0: yeah yes he is he well you, like you
2: raised him right that's good but uh getting back like i know i did end up watching the movie willie's wonderland starring uh, nicholas cage which, which is tangentially related to The Five Nights at Freddy's. Takes the exact same premise in the, the background story of the animatronics and everything else. Uh, absolutely great flick. It's a great B-grade horror. I highly recommend it if you just want a, a good couple of hours of sitting there watching a silent Nicolas Cage.
1: Oh, wow. Five hours. stars. Then.
2: Yeah, Wait, he he, he, he nothing? He, he says nothing from the entire film. That's it. it. Like it, just nothing, nothing. Like no, not even no. Well, you get like a little bit of a grunt out of him, like when he's fighting, but that's about it. But like, he doesn't say a single word throughout the entire film.
0: Yeah, that is very interesting, and not like Nicolas Cage, huh? That's the that silent far protagonist. But he got paid a shit ton, so I guess he didn't care.
1: I would uh, definitely watch it now. Just think, Ah, yes, finally, he's acting.
0: <laughs> now that that movie. I, I saw the actual cover and a couple, I didn't watch it. I watched this a lot. I looked at some, some summaries and the back of my head was like, hell Satan. This looks very demonic. What the hell is this? And I was like, no, I'm not going to watch this, but I have, I also have a, um, I love five nights of Freddy. I'll leave it at that. I don't care for it. Don't care for it. I was waiting for Carl to do a rebuttal, but he said nothing.
2: No, I'm, I'm
0: not. Uh, you know what,
2: what? You don't like Five Nights at Freddy's. Cool, good for you. All
0: right. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> really? <Yes. laughs> usually, usually he jumps on my throat and says something. How dare you? But okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's it. That's all you played and watched. I mean, because technically that, it doesn't count. But you know, you did it. That, so.
2: If you want to count like the occasional five ten minutes, I jumped in the uh, replaying Pokemon Heart Gold on my 3DS or
0: or you playing uh, Wow
2: yeah or world of warcraft <laughs> or you know playing super mario brothers world on the switch for like five ten minutes at a time
0: i guess i i, 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 play, I, I played
2: week. bits I, I played bits and pieces of like games all over the place over the last couple of days
0: fair enough fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. all right well let's jump right into it because we got a lot of stuff to talk about and not a lot a lot of time Try and keep this show condensed. So first and foremost, we got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is releasing on June eleventh, twenty twenty one. When this game was first shown off, it looked spectacular. It still looks spectacular. I can't wait to play this game, even though I'm not a big fan of Ratchet and Clank. Yes, big surprise. However, when they did announce this game, they did say it was going to come out around the PlayStation Five launch window, and June eleventh is not the launch window.
1: But I'm could sure it, could, it, could it be here. a
0: restock window? Could it be the restock? Logo, restock. Oh man. I, I, I guess most people won't care because as Carl was getting to, most people cannot get access to a PlayStation 5 either because of the demand for them, because scalpers are are scum, or because the lack of chips to make the consoles. Either way, nobody, barely anybody, are getting their hands on a PlayStation 5. Those who do have a PlayStation 5 in here, which is myself and Carl, I, again I am looking forward to playing this game. It looks fantastic. Carl, what do you think about this? I'm
2: willing to give it a go. Looks interesting. The the mechanics are are still looking to be like very much what they said they were going to be when they first put out that, uh, what was it, like the first teaser trailer or the announcement trailer or whatever it was. And the fact that they're actually taking the time and using a delay to actually polish and probably quality test a game, you know, hint, hint, would be very good. Hopefully this delay is much worth it, unlike previous delays for games.
0: I mean, this is Insomniac. They typically put out good stuff, so I, I don't doubt them to QA their games and QA the games some more. They are very quality for what they do. And I mean, look at all the games that ever released. I don't think they ever released a bad game.
1: Yeah, I definitely attest to that.
0: I mean, I won't be getting a PS5 because for you know monte
1: reasons, but I, this is that was a game I look forward to. So I'll probably watch some playthroughs, or if I can break into someone's house and get it, but you know, COVID, so.
0: Yeah, you might not want to do that. Instead of getting shot, you might just get COVID. That's exactly, That's definitely yeah. not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. Jumping to the next one. So if you have not been following, CD Projekt Red has been having a lot of issues. Not to mention, Cyberpunk got released, and it was the best game ever, until so it was not the best game ever. And people started asking for refunds, and PlayStation moved it from the PlayStation store, and they promised to fix the game, and the game is still a buggy piece of crap. So yeah, they're having a lot of issues. However... Last or this past week, the company was also breached. They were compromised. Somebody made off with a lot of their goods. They made off with uh, the source code for Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3, and a bunch of other games, some personal information, HR information, business stuff. So they got away with a lot of stuff. And before they left, they left some ransomware on their servers. So they got compromised oh, big, man. big, big time. But the biggest thing is those hackers, the compromisers, uh, wrote them a nice little letter and said, hey, if you don't pay us what we demand from you, the ransom, we're going to sell your shit. And they were like, we don't negotiate with terrorists or thugs or, you know, you're kind. So the guys were like, all right, fine. That's cool. And they sold the source code for Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3, which is surprising because you would think that somebody would not want access to that stuff for obvious reasons, but somebody did. Um, apparently the auction started at a million dollars, like, holy shit, a million dollars and went up to slightly more than that, around $7 million. Capitalism wins, everyone. That's how you do it. I'm being wow. quite serious. Praise capitalism. Wow. This is some weird stuff. Now, a lot of people are speculating that maybe seed project red were the ones who bought their source code back. I mean, it would make sense. I don't know why. I mean, okay, I, I do understand working in IT because there have been plenty of times where you pay the ransom and they still screw you. They go, no, screw you guys. We're still going to do whatever. We're still going to keep the stuff. We're still not, not going to give it back. So I can see where their stance is on that. But at the same time, if somebody else did buy their stuff, then that's bad news Oh yeah, for them.
1: We can, no, no, that's good news. I mean, somebody else could actually make a good cyberpunk game.
0: Technically, I guess. Yeah. But see, there we go.
1: You got to think, think positive. Keep think positive. If they couldn't the do problem, it. Someone paid seven million dollars to make a better version. I, I support that.
0: And the problem with that is is, 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 there's a lot of work in there from people who busted their ass to make the game. I, again, everything that's happened with Cyberpunk has been from the management down. And again, I don't agree with the decisions, but you know, it is what it is. We can't rewind the time. I mean, if we could, I would do a lot of things differently. But this is a major issue. And a lot of people are like, oh, hey, now somebody can release a DRM version of the game. And I'm like, you know, GOG exists, and those are DR, DRM-free versions of the games already. What are you talking about? That's not how this works. Yeah, I don't know what anybody would do with this source code other than say, hey, we have it. Because, I mean, if you make a game and somebody sees the similarities in the source code, they're going to go, hey, this is mine, and then connect the dots. So, yeah, this is this is a very interesting situation as to who bought the, who bought the uh, source code. I wouldn't do it.
1: I hope they get some uh, indie developer and who pulled in seven million dollars. But all seriousness, um, it it was a lose lose situation for a CD project, right? I mean, if they paid ransom, it, it's not really to do it. And if they are not the ones who bought their own sales for the gains back, well, it's out there in the open ether, and it just hurts their bottom line across the board.
0: Pretty much, pretty freaking much. Thoughts about this, Carl?
2: Whoever bought it, fix it, please.
0: Fix the game. I mean, if you say that, c Project Red has not been keeping up with their promise. They promised they would put out a couple of pro, uh, performance updates, and we've got nothing but hot fat hot fixes, hot fixes in uh, January, and a bug fix which introduced another bugs which needed to have a hot fix to fix the bugs that were induced in the patch. It's getting to the point where I have no. Uh, what's the are looking for? Um, b- 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 resolve. I don't think they're gonna fix this. I don't think they're gonna fix this. No, no. no. I I think this games go down in history is one of the worst games. I mean, it's not a bad game, but the way they're handling it. It's, it's just, it is a nothing. game. It is a game that has a lot of weaknesses from its AI to its
1: bugginess. But if you have a very powerful PC or if you manage to run it on your Xbox and PS5 and hopefully have no glitches, it's fine. But for those who are unable to afford that upgrade to play the game. I'm upset at that because that means that my base experience is inferior, vastly inferior. So that makes me not like the game.
0: This game, this company just cannot catch a break. I don't. I don't know. You went from Witcher
1: three to that's yeah, that's like the fastest way to go. You went from Witcher three to Cyberpunk to this. It's uh,
0: you went to which you went from Witcher to this to being one of the most respected gaming houses in the gaming industry to being the laughing joke of the community. And people are breaking into your house to steal your shit <laughs> to sell because they're pissed off at you. And people are like, "Hey, good for you! Good Did you guys stole one." I'm like, "No, that's not good. That's a bad thing." But people are like, "Yeah, it's whatever, whatever. We don't care." Yeah, yeah,
1: they lost. They lost. They lost that 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 community respect. <laughs> it's like that yeah. was fast. It just things went south real fast. That's, that's, they're not
0: getting that back. And I, I am I am so tired of talking about this this damn game and this company. I'm just I'm done. I'm sick of it. I'm completely done. Oh, man. So, moving on. All right. Let's talk about E3 2021. The ESA, and Infinite Wisdom, has decided that they will hold a digital E3 this year because COVID-19 is not going away. And they need to have one because they didn't do one last year. And we had, like, five or six different gaming organiz- gaming events during the summer. And it really sucked. And it's probably going to happen again this year. So, this year, they announced they're going to have a three-day online digital E3. They're still uh, formulating the plans of what they're going to do, but so far, the internet has been split 50-50. People want to go and check it out and and have the E3 back. Other people are like, we really don't need it. We It was proven last year that all these other game events show the E3 is no longer needed. I actually do not fall into either of those camps. I do think that it does need to be here because I don't like the fact that there were like five or six different gaming events. But at the same time, I don't think they have their stuff together. Because if they did, they would announce their plans from the get-go and not say, hey, we're still working on it.
1: I don't know. I feel like the latter, of the other events, as well as I just mentioned in the intro, Steam Game Festival exists. So it's like, why not just give the games to the users let them play the demos and decide they like it or not and put it in their wish list or save it or whatever, you know? That seems a much That's more what, uh, yeah.
0: digital devolver did last year or the De- devolver digital did last year, remember? And it was and very successful. So Yeah. So I feel like, eh, you know. I just think the ESA just doesn't want E3 to be doesn't want them to just blow away and the win. They they want to be the dominant force again. And as the problem is with COVID 19 and all these other companies realizing that hey, it's not that really hard to set up a, a gaming event and we have, we, we have all these publishers and developers who want to jump on, then it's not a big deal. I mean, we already got Jeff Keighley who said he's not going back to E3, so he's going to do his own some summer game fest again. We know IGN's probably going to do another one. We know Gang's, uh, Spot is probably going to do another one again. We already got announcements of the NPX doing theirs again. So, yeah, we already got four that we know are going to happen again this year on top of the E3 digital thing. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to work out. I understand that they don't—they want to be the dominant force again, but they simply cannot be anymore. They—they they will not be that anymore. Not until we can go back into the place. And even then, and even then, yeah, even then, even then. Like how we both were saying the same thing at the same time. Even then, that may not happen. They said last year they were going to try and transform E3 to something else, and you had an entire year to sit on this. And figure out what you were going to do. And it doesn't seem like you did much of anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, like look at the other like festivals, like the other game fest. They were shorter, direct to the point. even watch them in an hour, YouTube, whatever. Or at least my personal favorite, I love, I love the ones that are based on Steam, because Base Game Duel. Here are the bunch of games we're going to showcase. Here are the demos to these games. Here are streams to watch. Again, here are demos to the games so, so the user can play them. So I'm like, it's that's all I want. Download the demo, like it, delete it. Nope, next game. I mean, that's how I got to play Loop Hero. That's how I got to play Blood Roots. Recommend playing that. But play um, Andrew Garfield's latest game, Rogue Book. That's how I got to play Forgon. I'm like, yo, I got to play a lot of games like this. So maybe this whole, you know, this electronic style E3 thing is just it's kind of an old model, you know, like Blockbuster. It's just the Blockbuster of gaming, I feel like. It's just...
0: Oh, what a difference! Blockbuster video. Exactly. Oh, those little commercials.
1: Yeah. It's, just, yeah exactly. it's something you remember, but something you don't want to like, oh,
0: let's bring it back. Nah, dude, it's okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I can't wait to go back to gaming events, and I can't wait to go back to E3. But for the digital online space, nah, I, no. No. There's too many people out there. No. There's too many people out there doing what you do, but doing it better, Way no, pass.
2: better, better, pass- really, really. We, we we're gonna we're gonna call what happened last year better, are we? we we're gonna it's call we're, we're gonna, gonna call we're, we're gonna call a bunch of uh, developers and PR people sitting in their their offices, going. You know, we, we have stuff to do, but we can't do it because of COVID, but we might have a trailer sometime at a later date, and I really just feel uncomfortable presenting this thing, which is why my voice is so flat and monotone. No, no. That, I have those no way to actually once. make you interested. That was 90% of the fucking presentations.
0: What do you want people to do? Most people don't have access to a production studio in their home, and that's what it is. Then, then allow it to go. Allowed be to, it's it's better than what we fucking got last year. But it's going to be online, so we don't know what it's going to be like. We, we
2: You have more freedom this year than you do last year. Bring it into the office. Bring it into like production studios or something like that. Turn it into a, a, a good, big, pre-done presentation rather than a guy staring at a fucking webcam for an hour and a half. Trying to sell us on a game that he's got nothing to present with. I don't know.
1: I think I mean, Sony did a good job with Aeris. They just like what 30 minutes trailer, see you guys dab, you know?
0: Yeah, they did a good job. Again, Devolver Digital. Yeah, did a again, good
2: job. again, yeah. again, the, the pe- companies that actually put production value into it did really well. Yeah, Devolver Digital, Sony did very well. But a lot of the other companies, and this is what happened when we, and this was the problem that we had when we first heard about all this. A lot of it was guys sitting in front of their webcam trying to be presenters when they're not presenters and just absolutely boring the shit out of us. And then you have fucking companies going, oh, you know, we need to do this or do that. But, you know, we signed a deal with fucking GameStop or IGN to Uh, exclusively host our content.
0: I was waiting for you to get to that one. That's the one, that's where I have an issue. And I, I've said it
2: would times last year. I would, ra- I would yeah. rather it all be under the E3 banner, controlled by E3, presented by E3 on their website so everybody has a chance to fucking report news and actually, you know, be on equal footing rather than Oh you want to watch uh you want to watch the Xbox? Well you better go over to the Xbox website. Oh you want to go to Sony? You Go to the Sony website. Oh you you want to see what's happening from Devolver? Okay, Devolver signed with fucking GameSpot, so you got to go with GameSpot. But if you want if you want to see what's happening with Final Fantasy, you to go to IGN. You know, there's too much piss-fighting around having to go to 4000 different websites all controlled by the biggest fucking news media that controls this fucking industry because they've got million-dollar backers. Meanwhile, everybody else is trying to cat play catch-up, and it's like most websites, most smaller websites like ourselves, went, fuck it, we can't compete, so why even bother? And that's what a lot of the people did too. They went, we don't want to have to go to fucking GameSpot. We hate, we don't agree with what GameStop does, uh, Spot does, but we were forced to go to it because they signed the deal with the company. At least with E3, everybody was under the same banner, Everybody was treated equally and everybody got the same shit at the same time.
0: This is true. This is true. True. There's there. That's something that we've said last year. And I said it earlier this year when they announced this, I I don't like the fact that certain companies are going to have a stranglehold of information. We know that's just going to happen again. I mean, with something like Jeff Keighley or the E3, the publishers and developers can say whatever they want to say and bring it up, whatever they want to see. But when IGN ran their stuff last year, a lot of information was all IGN. I remember when I put up a video and I was told to take it down because IGN was like, this belongs to us. Like, what the fuck is that about? Yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to that again. But True. Again, this is where we are. This is this is the landscape that we're in right now. Like, personally, though, I would prefer... I
1: honestly would prefer a more free, a free platform for this kind of stuff. But because... Media markets be purchased through marketing means to avoid platforming. Okay, got the capital system. It's bullshit. Uh, yeah, and I agree with that. Gamespot having, like, for example, um, you know, we'll before they called they were to guilty Gear strive. Gamespot before Arc Systems had access to the, the the gameplay video before ARC Systems because they signed a deal. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? But whatever, hooray, meat market media shit. I actually do I hate
0: mean, that. I I mean, to be honest with you, Carl, that unfortunately it. I don't want to bring us into this situation, but I'm going to do that. Um, It is just harder for smaller outlets to compete in this market because they do shit like this. I mean, even right now um, EA and Bioware have an exclusive gaming format. Gaming format is the only one to give out exclusive information on the upcoming Mass Effect uh, remasters. Yeah. And it's like, that's, 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 that's bullshit. Right. So you're pretty much telling me that these guys are the gatekeepers for all the content.
1: And the, thing okay, that, and the thing is that because um, they do things like that, they will control people's, pers- whatever about it, blah, 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 which creates biases, which doesn't seem like journalism. From my take, it just seems like, you know, the real fact. The game informer, in this case, and EA are just another arm of their marketing team. They're going to tell you what, you know, EA wants to tell you rather than talk about, well, this game has glitches. Will this happen? Will that happen? We don't know. We just have to believe in the almighty game informer will lie to us. Game reformer, you know, the guys who gave Street Fighter V a 10 out of 10. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But, you know, I really can't trust. It just makes me feel a little more
0: skeptical than usual. It is what it is. I mean, what else can we do, buddy? What else can we do? We're stuck in this COVID-19 crappy world.
2: Yeah. Well, true, but at the same time, like, uh, and this is what my point has been for this entire little topic here, is that it's like while the landscape changed last year, there's nothing stopping it from changing again there's nothing stopping it from going back to being under the ESA or E3 banner and actually being a all-in-one festival rather than, you know, something that is controlled by the bigger gaming news media outlets, which is what happened. You know, E3 said, okay, we're not doing anything, we give up. All of a sudden, you know, and as Matt would say, you know, yay capitalism. It, all the other company, all the, the news companies, first ones in line to go. Hey, let's buy your access. Let's let's drop the money, okay? Instead of letting a handful of people control the narrative, let it go back to that one event where everybody was treated equal. Yeah, it means that like restrictions, and that would come back in. You might not have as many demos coming out or anything like that, but but at least for you know new, news companies and also uh consumers as well, there is going to be an easier all in one area to access content rather than having to go search for it like crazy, which is what's happened since this this changeover happened last year.
1: Yeah, it's just like it's just how it's just submitted. Like, do you like as much as I rip on how many news outlets are out there and some of them are not of the best quality, we're the best guys. Please follow us. Um at least the fact they exist is kind of fine. At least you have multiple ways of getting it. But if it's just only, like I said, EA game and EA through Game Informer, is Game Informer really unbiased to give you their opinion of Mass Effect? Well, they're the only ones telling you about Mass Effect. So how comfortable do you feel with that?
0: I'm going to go and say I, I, I feel comfortable with them. They're, those are, but, really but in general, though, but, but if that's an example. Key. Yeah. 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 Yeah, as as, as as in general, yeah, that's the thing. I was only using them as an example, but yeah. So what happens if? And it happens a lot. Where like IGN gets exclusives, and they happen for an entire month, or another site gets exclusive for an entire month. And I get it, you do that to the big sites for for PR for marketing, and no different than this E three thing. And I, I, I'm not a fan of it. If if this is supposed to be a gaming event for everybody to to enjoy to have access to, why is, is why are you allowing? One company who actually doubles down and does gaming journalism to run the event. That exactly. That's that's, that's,
1: that's the part it makes you feel like eh, about you know. And that's why I lean towards at least in my faith. Like I will say it again. I do love the Steam demo, the Steam Game Fest that was happening last week. The the put their games up there. You click the banner. You click the games you want. You play yourself. You become your own judge. That level of interaction I miss going at gaming uh you know conventions and panels stuff like that. The fact that I had access to my own opinions. I like that. But the fact is that if game, like, how to put this? If there was other companies that were also included into their, like I said, we're just using it as a former, Mass Effect and EA combined with like five other websites and Game Informer, I would feel much more, a little less, you know, skeptical than just Game Informer being it. Because again, it was five other people may have different opinions, you know, but it's just Game Informer. Hooray, capitalism. Hooray.
2: The idea of if they can get everybody back under the E3 banner, it would be better for not only, you know, ourselves as, as you know, smaller uh, outlets and stuff like that. I also think it'd be better for the consumer as well because the consumer wants everything in one place, not having to go hunting for it. And I had so many people who usually get really excited when E3 comes around and when they heard E3 was gone and they'd have to go to, like, six different websites to watch eight different presentations that happened at all different times of day and would only be exclusive to one streaming service or something, you know, it was just, they they gave up. They didn't care. And I think that putting it all back into one place where it's going to be easy to find If you need to rewatch something or something, hey, go to the E3 website. All the press conferences are there. The trailers are there and everything else. It's going to be great for the consumer because they go to just one place for what they're looking for rather than having to go, okay, I need to Google the game and find where the website is. And then I have to make sure that I'm allowed to do the streaming service because what happens if this year the the company decides to put it all behind our paywall? Well, oh damn! It's behind a paywall. I can't do anything about that. Well, then I better pony up the money if I want to see this trailer. Oh no, yeah. Well, wait, you, you mean you mean I can't go on YouTube and find it via the company because the like Keith had said, you know, IGN has decided that they now own the content that's produced by a third-party company.
1: Yeah, that that that's the part that makes me super sus. It's like I don't like that idea at all. As well as if like as you brought out, if it's all under one umbrella, many other people can report the game. And many people will have equal footing to discuss if it's good or not or have their own objectives. It won't just be like one person telling you, this game is good. Trust us, guys. Remember Anthem? That game is great. From a Rat,
0: Oh, Anthem. Oh, Anthem.
2: Kanan C- and Lynch 2 is a good game. 10 out of 10 game spot.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Don't bring, don't bring that. The situation. Oh, oh my, my god! god too so much craps running. That, that was cla- oh, that
1: was classy. That's classy. I remember that.
0: That caused some heads to roll. That's for sure. Oof. Well, it's know. it's
2: either that or I say, hey, the exclusive uh, gameplay preview by Polygon for Doom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! The hits keep going. The hits keep, keep coming. Going.
1: No, but it, and all seriousness, guys, you know this is, you listen to this, check it out. This is the problem: if one company has complete access to gaming, regardless if it's good or not, it you get situations like and <laughs> Polygon. Oh God! Kane Lynch two ten out of ten. That's that's not good because no one else can judge it, and that and that's that point. Are these people journalists or just PR machines? That's the question. We're we done. Yo, yeah, we're done. That's yeah. That's <laughs> the question. That's that's the question when it provides people like. <laughs> Do you feel comfortable, you know, with one company that owns the access to the information, and they're claiming to be journalists, but are they really journalists if they have to present? It's in their best interest to make the game look as good as possible.
0: All right, moving straight along. So we got Street Fighter Five update, Matt.
1: All right, Street Fighter Five, um, best fighting game of all time, ten out of ten. Uh, oh, needs more shit, sexy. I
0: should have did this. Uh, needs sex. <laughs>
1: uh, it's negative. Doesn't have enough sexy costumes. Okay, so we got. We got, we got two new characters. We got Le Rose and Danny Hibiki, uh, greatest fighter of all generation. And the new mechanic they got is the V shift and V shift attack, which essentially is V shift. You burn your V trigger bar to dodge an attack forward or backward. Essentially, it's a, it's a blue animated role from if you play SNK games or other games of different motions, it's a role that's invincible to attacks. You can use it to get out of pressure. You can use it to preemptively uh cat count or counter attack everyone's V uh V uh V shift attack that comes out of it is different does different properties. Am I worried about this is that because I'm not really hyped for it because it's like, well yeah it'll stop some of the major problems Street Fighter 5 but it's insanely uh I would say very dumb offense. The game is very aggressive. it probably slow it down a bit. I wonder will everyone's V reversal attack I'm sorry V shift attack and v shift directional will be the same in vulnerable frames across the board they did say it will be but i'm still paranoid about that as well as if how will certain will it beat all types of meaties because if you if character character's going to do a meaty which is attack attack that is designed to essentially eat up from a scar whatever during a mix-up if it if a media attack already goes over it will it still just beat the v shift therefore is v shift useful they, like I said, they put demos of it, you know exploring how it would work. I'm just paranoid about it. I don't think it will be that. It does it. It will make the game feel slightly fair, but still be gorilla mode, very offensive. So I don't know how to feel about it from a gameplay aspect. But hey, Dan has once has you know Hollow or so that's cool.
0: Can I say I like that fireball? The fact that if you charge it up, it will actually do it will do guard break or wall bounce. But you gotta think about that. Are you really gonna sit there and let him charge it up that long for him to do that? The
1: only way to make that useful is the same way you would do for Ryu. If Ryu hits a sweep, a crush counter sweep, he can cancel that into his feature of one hot Hadouken. So if Dan can special cancel his sweeps or any hard knockdown, then yes, it's viable. Otherwise, no,
0: it's a joke. And then we got some, we got some glimpses of Rose, which I think a lot of the people internet were kind of frustrated with her because she now has her air fireball. Yeah, that's an interesting change to her gameplay. She also has a slow fireball. too. Oh, yeah.
1: She also has a lot of mechanics that made her very powerful in Street Fighter 4, particularly. Uh, she can now she can still drain. She has attacks that drain your meter. She has attacks that drain your V skill to give her meter. So she's a, she's still this kind of resource queen. as she kind of was in Street Fighter 4, where if you if you ever seen the Evo of Sagat versus Rose, it was horrible because Rose just gains more meter than her every second way reflecting and eating fireballs so she is the resource queen she'll drain all your resources and then beat you up Uh, with her very bullying style of gameplay i i welcome her to this game but i wonder how offensive she would be because this game is very very offense based it's not slow
0: yeah and she was always a defensive character yeah so it's going to be interesting to see how she competes i used to love her back in the alpha series oh yeah she was fun in alpha she
1: you know she was you
0: know she was
1: you know she was top tier in alpha too right but she was. She. she, she yeah, alpha, she was. Yeah, her alpha counter just like it was just a throw. It was insane. She just swapped sides. Good times. Uh, Carl, uh, I, I, I,
2: I sort of. I, I played on the other occasion. I used it to blow off some steam and stuff like that. Uh I actually quite enjoyed watching the Dan Habiki gameplay. For some reason, he's gone from being the biggest joke in the game to actually being one of the most technical fighters in the game. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so that's it's, their like, plan. it's like it's like it's 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 been that slow roll to like godhood for Danabiki. it'd be interesting to see how many people pick him up and actually uh get to start using him in tournaments and stuff like that as as for rose you know okay changes are, made, are supposed to be made in games and she is very looking very very interesting to be like almost op but then again, you know, it's a, it's a game. They'll put him out. They'll be OP for a little bit. Then they'll nerf him into the ground. Then they'll buff him again. Then they'll <laughs> nerf him into the ground.
0: I don't know. Ryu is still pretty nerfed. Ryu is like, so a, like bottom five. He's bad. <laughs> he's been bad for a long time. Yeah. That, that was my point. It's like They nerf some guys sometimes, and they they never come back. Ryu has been
2: dead. Uh, they're not, they're not going to change my time. I, uh, I, you know, anytime I play, I'm still playing my good old glass cannon known as Akuma.
1: Oh, he's been top tier since the gate. No matter how he's still top tier. That's not going to change.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, he's always top tier, but at the same time, you know, he's called a glass cannon for a reason. He takes a lot more damage than most other characters for for the output of damage that he's doing. You know, he's not like the, the overall OP master known as Sagat.
1: Oh, no. Sagat in this game is a little on the weak side because he's defensive. This game is very offensive. So basically... How can Sagat do late offense if he's getting punched in the face by everybody, essentially?
0: So let's go back and revisit the V-Shift because we talked about this briefly before we started the show. Yeah. And I was happy that everybody has access to a a defensive move, Um, but you don't like that. Explain to me why that is. Because it doesn't seem like it'll kind of fix some
1: of the problems. Like, for example, if if V-Shift exists and you can use it quickly and openly, and they even point out it slows down time, then what is the point of V-Reversal? Are you just going to delete V-reversal then? Like, reversals there, what for? And because, will everyone's V-shift activate the same type of properties as inconsistently? Like, some people's V-reversal, again, V-reversal, do not knock down, and is slower or faster depending on the character. I was thinking, will V-shift have the same problems? I don't know. And I don't really think this kind of, this mechanic isn't doing it for me because, again, I play a lot of fighting games. It's just roll, dude. You're making me cost meter to roll. Roll is a mechanic ma- oh. in SNK. You just go through attack. Toss, I mean, you could do BO attack, blow off roll. So you just roll. That's it.
0: Do you think they added the V-shift in the game to make the game, again, more accessible as I do air quotes? I think that's what this is for.
1: I think they did this to help combat some of the issues that they think is that's in the game from the game being very, very aggressive. And they think that this will help a lot more defensive play or a lot more people to get out of certain strings. Like for example, a very strong string of Street Fighter 5 is you, you know Jeep, right? Power to your flight about the president. Mm-hmm. One very strong string he has is standing jab, which is four frames. Standing medium, which is big two plus two, and then do crouching medium, he can do those three, those two, str- those strings. That strings light, strong, crouch strong. Now it's very hard to get a string unless you mash. And because the G can control the timing of that string, he can counter hit. He can stop. He can tick throw you. So they made V-Shift to stop very strong strings like that instead of toning down how the strings work and why the plus block works. Because they tone that down, the game be defensive. And they don't want defensive gameplay. They think fast gameplay, uh, you know, quickness is the way to go. Simplicity is the answer. That's why they invented V-Shift. That's my personal take. Is to stop a lot of strings similar to G that just stops you from doing anything. Because if you try to beat it, his offensive options are way stronger than what you could do on defense if you try mashing. Unless you have an – even in certain strings, invincible attacks just doesn't work. So if you try mashing mash a TP, well, Rip, you just got blown up by crush counter.
0: That makes sense. Um, On top of that, they also in- introduced another character who was not the final character of the season, but a bonus character, 12, which many people will remember him as showing up in – I think it was in – he was in Third Strike. It was no, no, that was that was uh, that was twelve. Twelve is the follow-up to eleven. Eleven is um he was in somebody's ending Street Fighter Five. I, I forget who it was, but he was in somebody's ending. Yeah. Um,
2: okay, uh the, the character itself actually derives from uh the Street Fighter Unlimited comic book series.
0: Right. He's where where, where it
2: was where it was a, a morphing character that could take on the appearance and movesets of any Street Fighter character, which is basically, he, it's the Mokujin from Tekken, Tekken Street yeah. Fighter, essentially.
0: Yep. yep, that's exactly what it is. But he can take on the shapes as well. So yeah, that's that character. It's interesting they did that in there. They didn't really show off what he can do or it can do. They showed off um, a teaser of the fight. He ready, getting ready to fight, and then they, they faded to black, so we couldn't see what they can do. Which is interesting, because can they do? I mean, how does this guy? How's this character gonna work? Is, is, is it random? A, a random play character? Does it like say one round, I'm yes. real, the next round? I'm, no, I'm, I'm no, chunking. no. It,
2: it, it'll be it'll be fight per fight basis because the game has to load the data. If they're changing between rounds, it's gonna load the data every time.
0: True.
2: So, um, and especially on online play, that can start taking up time. It's basically it's a match per match basis from what I've seen, and it is literally the character will sort of do this weird funky morph thing after you've selected it and it'll change into a different character say like bison or guile or whoever you play you play through the fight as that ca- as that character in the next one that does this little morphy thing and changes into another character
1: mm. my personal opinion is that they can make it similar to 12 in street fighter 3 where he has a bunch of normal attacks and his super x copy will allow him to copy that character that's just my opinion because that's easier to program because Street that, fighter that, 5, that's, that's, that's,
2: that's how that's how it should it should have been but from what I have seen, I saw like the character select screen and the morph bit and everything in a vid- in a video that, that occurred. I don't know whether it was a separate video or something. I was watching a recap from uh, Maximilian dude, ah. and and it showed the actual fight and it was two rounds as the character. Then it moves on the next fight. The character the the character changes and you go on. All right, so
1: eh. all right. I wish them the best with all that hard work. I mean, they they got to put an oro, so <laughs> that's work.
0: Well, like I said, yeah, I think the update is solid. I'm excited to jump but in just to give it a it, try. It still, it
2: still leaves everything open for that fifth character too. Yeah,
0: yeah we no have no idea who that character's going to be. And obviously, Capcom's gonna Oh, are we are we, mi- Capcom are we are we
2: are we are we missing any ca- are we missing any characters from any Street Fighters yet? <laughs> Besides um, like Street Fighter One.
1: Um, they're missing. Let's see, Oro, Remy. Uh, they don't have Makoto, Dudley, three. So there's, there's a couple they're missing. They're probably going to take from, like, three. That's the character's probably. Exist. We don't have Adon. We have Sagat. Why well, not Adon? You know, full
0: two, so. We don't really need Adon. You got Sagat, like you said. Yeah, but, you know, uh,
1: Jaguar Revolver is a
2: good
0: move. Uh, <laughs> uh, They'll uh, um, bring back Sean. They'll bring back Sean. <laughs> in yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, totally. Just what we need, another Shoto character. Uh And is this going to be the last season of DLC that they're going to produce?
0: I think it will be. I honestly think it will be if the rumors are be to be taken seriously, they're already working on six. So thank God, oh, uh,
2: okay. which, it mean,
0: which means we start the cycle all over again. Yeah, get, well, get, yeah. get,
2: get, get ready, get ready for that, that $70 base game with like $20 expansion packs for the next, uh, two, two to three years with, with characters like the that, that should have yeah. been, yeah, balance issues and characters that should have already been included with the base game. And, don't forget your pre-order
0: bonuses, kids. Oh, man. Don't pre-order the games anymore. Yeah. Uh, don't do it. I mean, the only thing i going to say is, like from some
1: uh, some sort of optimism, Street Fighter Six, if they decide to call that, will be kind of interesting because there'll be no Ono, so who would take charge of that project? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting that Ono is no longer attached to anything. So, yep. That's going to be weird. Who will run that? Who do, they, who do they have that can... You know what? I don't want The Devil May
1: Cry that. guy, but he's already working overtime, so...
0: Oof. I, do you really want him working on G-Fighter?
1: Uh, it'll be stylish. That's all I can say. He would have style, but it wouldn't be balanced in the story. So
0: it'll be, be more Tekken-like than anything else. Got mm. it. Uh, I, <laughs> was, I, was, I was about to say
2: they could always uh, poach Harada. What's he doing these days? <laughs>
0: he's, he's, he's working hard on Tekken, man. Tekken is the shit. Tekken is still... Mm, Tekken is still doing It's still great. solid. Yeah, Tekken's solid. So, yeah, you know, they can always give us our what is it? Or, um, I always get confused is it She Fighter X Tekken or Tekken X She Fighter? The one we didn't get, which one was it? Second X She Fighter's the one we didn't get. I want that one. We're never getting that one. <laughs> never that's never happening. Never happening in this lifetime, time. Right. Yeah. Since we see we talk in fighting games, let's talk about another game, Guilty Gear Strive, which is another game that Matt is looking forward to. So, Matt. You're two for two. Go for broke. All right. So, uh, Guilty
1: Gear Strive will have the beta will be available next week, February, I guess, the That's week it. of Valentine's week. Yeah, the seventeenth. But if you pre-order, get it on the sixteenth. Yeah, yeah. i uh, will probably no. Uh, what's interesting is that we had a lot of gameplay uh, videos come out and some guides come out. Uh, We've seen that certain characters gain new moves. My the character I'll be playing Axel Low gained one vision, which allows to stop time. What active takes two activations. He can stop time to combos, stop time to a mutual dog things. I think it's really cool. Um, I don't see it as broken because this game, much like Street Fighter V, is very offensive-based. Axel does not have his premier uh, counterattacks, which he can use to counterattacks defensively, or his dragon punch he had in X-3rd. So I think it's really cool that he has this mechanic ongoing for him. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, they showcase uh, uh, two characters. Uh, which they showcase Al. Uh, what's his face? Kaikiske has a new dragon install, only a lower health. What it does is increase the amount of attacks for all his special moves, which will increase his damage and life, which is very powerful. And Soul Bad Guy's got a new super that can punish like anything. He's just so Bad guy has everything. They also showcase uh Giovanna and Nagoyuki. Nagoyuki is the black vampire samurai. He has some cool mechanics going for him where he's able to use when he attacks, he drains blood. When his blood meter is activated, max. He turns Berserk mode, where he can... Looks like he does a lot of damage to you. And if you block it, there's a lot of block damage. raising your risk gauge. But the cost of it is that he loses a lot of health over time. So, you know, moderate what you got. Um, Giovanna looks very... Not interesting. She's the girl... She's the... Uh, she's the personal color girl with red hair. And uh, she has a, do- a pupper dog. Her mechanic is that, uh, as the strides of Laura's mentioned, she is designed for easier players. The more meter you have, the more powerful she gets. So when she's at 50% meter, she's like turns a bit like blue or yellow. You'll notice it when the lightning strikes her. And then when she gets 100% meter, she turns full of green and she'll do more damage. Um, I don't think that's really good because you use meter in this game to do attacks and reversals and, uh, Roman cancels. So I don't know if that'll make her strong. And she doesn't look very really that much interesting. She doesn't. She doesn't look. She's in place of the game because she's using punching and kicking, but not in a very animated type of way. She looks like a King of Fighters character, but that's just all. all. But Strive, I, I'm really looking forward to Strive though. I, I still am pretty iffy about. I'm not a fan of how big the UI looks. I'm not a fan of some of the stage break mechanics because I think it's a bit excessive. But you know, it's. I, I'm hoping for the best because they gave Axelos the world. Too. I can literally stop time. It feels great. Like finally, the time lord rules.
0: I will say this. The game looks beautiful. I have never really been invested in Guilty Gear. I've played a couple of them, but I never could get into the games. But I do want to pick up this just because I'm trying to get back into playing more fighting games. And I really wish I had played more of Guilty Gear.
1: Well, Xert should be on sale. You could try those out. Those are good.
0: Is it worth jumping into Xart or just jumping into what it? It, was, it was? It was signed, then it was Art? And now this. Alright, so sign is the
1: original, sign XR, then Xerd, then Xerd became patched up. You get the, the most latest version you want to get of Guilty Gear. If you don't care about the lore, you just want to play the game, is X is XRD uh Rev2. 2. Rev two is the latest one.
0: I at that look. Um, so what are you most looking forward to in this game? And by the way, Matt, we do have a code for you, by the way, for this, but you can't redeem until next week. So you do have one. All right, cool. Dad I to tell you that. Thanks, I so um, uh, yeah. Talk talk about talk about this game. Hype this game up for people who, who don't know anything about this. You're uh, a big Guilty Gear fan. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to hype it up because I'm a i am the, I play a lot of
1: Guilty. I play a lot. I am a huge Guilty Gear guy. Um, I am excited for this game to see what they do. The character designs are good. This Guilty Gear, and I think they are doing some right things. It's the easiest Guilty Gear to play, but to a lot of Guilty Gear players, it won't. It's not the Guilty Gear they know. Uh, because a lot of things are kind of gone uh, from things like, for example, um. Some characters lost a lot of essential things, such as uh, Milia. Milia doesn't have her uh, pin, her aerial projectile anymore. But to compensate that, they gave her a teleport and a jump dash, and the command hop. So that's kind of cool. But I think people should try it out just because it's the it's the new Guilty Gear. This one's very built. It's built differently from other Guilty Years. So it was it has a lot of the aesthetics in it from its music to the character design to its cult to its art. So it looks very beautiful. So I think definitely play it. The aesthetic works. Uh, a lot of people definitely try it, but if you're looking, f- if you play that game, you're looking for uh, a more harder version, a slightly more, I would say, condensed. You play other Guilty Gear, but this drive is going to be pretty good. Uh, I know the beta, the beta, that beta is be available. They'll have training mode. They'll have online play. Maybe some oh tutorials. Oh my god, this
0: beta is going to have a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: So it's going to be. They're
0: cool. they're really outdoing themselves with it. I, I think. I could be wrong, but I kind of think they're like, you know what? This is how you do it properly.
1: Yeah, and also they—they um, they going, they are going, they're going since they they admitted netcode is important to them, they will be using rollback netcode, not GGPO, but their own. So it'll be up to the players. Hopefully, more information come back, how good it is because netcode is a way of life now. I mean, there's one of my favorite games is uh, Samurai Showdown that came out, or Sam Show Seven, it came out for PS4, and but the netcode for that game is so bad. You can't play it online, so Necode is life, so definitely want to see netcode for this. I'm excited to see the combos of this game, I'm excited to see the characters they let you play. Um, one person, um, tagged I think as UF Orange, uh, got an early access to the game and confirmed that you will not be able to play Anji in the beta. That was a char- another character looking forward to, so you cannot play Anji, but you can play some other characters. Um, if you will probably link it or someone's seen it already, he's the guy who uploaded this. Really good Giovanna combo videos, at least proof concepts you can see what Giovanna can really do. If she interests you, play her. If not, this you got a whole cast of it. But yeah, I'm Strive is gonna be interesting. That much like it would be very interesting. Um I think that it's going to be similar to how Street Fighter Five people play Street Fighter Five. It's just like, hey, it's Street Fighter, but is it Street Fighter? Eh, try it, it's new. It's dumb.
0: Yeah, anything. It should be a lot of fun. Again, a lot of people that I'm watching on Reddit are pretty happy about it. Oh yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, a lot of people haven't had had, uh, any hands on with it, but it again, it does look interesting, and I definitely want to give it a try. I, I I just again, I just love the way it looks because it's built on the Unreal Engine four. God, it looks so good.
1: Yeah, and like I said, the character designs are really, really nice, really good looking. Like, uh, my my character play Axel. Uh, Thank God they got his jeans back in the x series, in the Rev series. He literally had just short shorts. That was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I I hate shorts. He was rocking the jeans. His life is great now. So things are great.
0: I am kind of sad, though. The PC is not participating in the beta next week. Yeah. For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. PC gamers are known for data mining the hell out of games. And I'm pretty sure ArcSys does not want that to happen with the game. So... Good job, guys, for giving out the latest and greatest content. But that means you can't get access to the game. So, yeah, the, fun, no way sort. the funny
1: thing is, uh, speaking of PC, I'm probably gonna end up buying it for the PC version uh, because I'm, I'm on my laptop more than my console these days. But I heard—I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I don't think they'll have crossplay for PC.
0: No, yeah, nope, no crossplay.
1: I, I'm really upset. Yeah, I'm upset about that. That
0: is dumb. That that is something that needs to change. We've seen statistically that when you bring out a fighting game on the PC and consoles and there's no crossplay, the PC version, unless it's used for, for tournaments, dies out very fast.
1: Oh, 100%. What's interesting though is that this, like, I don't understand why they can't do that because there's a game known as, um, oh man, I forgot. Maybe, uh, David Sterling. Dang it. Fantasy Dragon? Just Dragon Strike. Fantasy Strike. There you go. Fantasy Strike has crossplay between PS4, Switch, and PC and rollback netcode. So I'm like, dude, crossplay is the future. I, I would prefer that.
0: Is. No, Dragon Ball Fighters is not crossplay. I don't think so. No, no, no. Is Tekken crossplay? Uh, I don't. F- hmm.
2: Yes, yes,
1: check it out. was. No. Yes, it was. Yeah, check no. it. Yeah, oh. yeah remember? No, it remember,
2: remember I, th- I thought we played Tekken on crossplay, or did we just play PC when we first got we it? We just
1: played PC. So, it's, yeah, yeah, probably it's not. PC. Okay. Yeah, because so I don't play. I don't play a lot of Tekken don't so
2: But all I know oh, 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 no, is even with the PC version, Tekken had like seriously bad netcode that caused an incredible amounts of lag. When I was playing games against Keith and Clinton,
0: it's gotten better.
1: It's got a, it's it's gotten not, gotten yeah, better. it's gotten slightly better. But Tekken is a... yeah. I, I hope that speaking of Harada-san, please if you make Tekken eight netcode is boring because you have highly technical characters that can do like wave dashes, all this, all this stuff. the that code has to be on point.
0: Yeah. Oh. Hopefully, yeah. If that ever happens, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a Tekken eight. I'm sure before we die, it'll be like a Tekken twenty. So I don't think Tekken's going around going away anytime soon. But thank you for the Guilty Gear stuff. I definitely want to play it. I'm looking forward to it. It does come out. Um, April. It's April. It's definitely April. It's April. 2021. So definitely check out PlayStation four, uh, PlayStation five, NPC. So yeah. Yeah. I- um, Matt. Uh, buddy, you're you're doing a lot of shit this time. Um, the Steam Demo Festival. I've not actually participated in this. Oh my! What God. have you played that's been worthwhile? Oh. why?
1: Oh, why? Um, let's see. So, Steam Demo Festival. I got to look at all my downloads right now.
0: Here, so I was gonna say, I, I thought you asked me why I didn't participate. Yeah, uh, why didn't you participate? You would have enjoyed it actually. Ah, uh, my mindset is just it's, it's it's not there. So,
1: uh, the Steam Demo Festival had a lot of great games. Uh, definitely games I enjoyed. I played. Um, I rec- I played Loop Hero. That was a really fun auto battle roguelike and I ended up purchasing person the game when it came out. So I'll be getting it when it comes out March fourth. I had a chance to play the demo for Gone. That was really fun. It's a it's it it's it's I'm really surprised I got it. It's like dead sales but better. Yeah, it's dead sales but better. It's, it's less clunky, it feels less dice roly. I, I enjoyed it.
0: I'm I, glad you finally got to play it because I told you I was playing it on Epic Games Store, and you're uh, like, I don't care about the Epic Game Store. I'm not playing
1: it. Everyone goes back er, yo, know, everyone comes back to Steam. Don't worry about it. I, I'm, I'm already I'm not gonna waste time. Every, everyone comes back to
0: Steam. Actually, you know what? I take it back. I did play one game on the demo of uh, the festival, and that was Graven. And again, it reminded me of Hexen and Heretic from back in the day from our uh, 3D realms. So cool. I did play that and that was interesting. So I did play one game. Ah, one game
1: I played, I played a little bit a lot, was Blood Roots. is a, it's kind of like uh, Hotline Miami, one touch kills, but you have multiple ways to kill your enemies from throwing like carrots, axes, swords, wheels, whatever. The game is a simple revenge sale of a guy in a, in a fur suit, trying to kill a guy in a black wolf suit, I guess. Um, the, the, the developers had a contest of those who was able to beat the game demo as quickly as they can before the scene. they first will get a key. I did not get that. I did not get that fast enough to get the key. So whoever got those keys, a uh, shout out to you guys. You guys earned it. I did not earn it. Um, I also played Roguebook, book, a roguelike card game created by,
0: yeah, you keep talking about that game. You keep talking about that.
1: Yeah. roguebook is really good. It's a roguelike card game created by uh, Andrew Garfield, um, it's interesting. It, it has a lot of elements of, I would say, Gordian Quest and Slate Spire put together. But it's, it feels, it, it has a party system where you have a ca- another person in your party. You have a, you create, a, you have a deck with. You upgrade cards. It's, it's. I think it's, it's, it's. Uh, how to describe it? It play, it plays pretty well. Though I do feel right now that um I'm upset. The one thing I'm upset about the game is that um the game comes out in June. And if you want to pre-order it, there's no discount for it. So I have four months and no discount. It's like 20, it's like what? $24.99, which is the price? Yeah, 25 bucks. That's too much. Too much, with no discount. I mean, you know, you know, Steam does, pre, you pre-order a game, you probably get a discount, right? There's like no discount. So I'm like, screw this. So I played, it. I thought it was pretty fun. I had a I had a couple of good runs in it. So I thought it was interesting. And that's pretty much all the games I played, I believe. Let me check if there's any others on my list of paperwork right here.
0: Well, while you're looking, was the event worthwhile? And oh, 100%.
1: that's a good way for them to go? Oh, 100%. I think this is the best way for people who like indie games or in general to, because, at, you know, we talked about earlier about allowing more people to play games to come to their own conclusions, they like it or not. That's a lot better than waiting for somebody to tell you the game is good. So this was very good. Um, I definitely like that. I hope they do more of that all, more consistently, more game festivals where the developers, the indie guys just put demos of their game. So that was, that was really, I would prefer that.
0: All right. Fair enough. Um i think we've reached the end of our show the conclusion well while we were doing this there was one game i actually saw um maybe a day or so ago and i'm trying to find it and i did not find it but i'll mention to what it looks like what it plays like and maybe you'll know it is a sword fighting game where you can play multiple different styles and it is a one kill game um, bushido blade yeah, like Bushido Blade, exactly like Bushido Blade. But there is a game out there right now for the PC, or being coming out, which is called Die by the Blade. That is not that game. It is another game that is very similar, but does more. And I cannot find it.
1: Oh, wait, Keith, there's one more game we both played during the same demo, so we played Steel
0: Assault. Oh, no, I I don't remember playing it. You don't remember
1: that, playing so. that game, man? Yeah.
0: I pushed that game out of my mind. I Honestly, that, okay. All right, so we did play Steel Assault. And this is a game I was waiting for for a while because of who was developing the game. And uh, I was fairly disappointed by the demo. There was two modes, regular and arcade. Arcade was too fucking hard for its own good. The mechanics are not there. There's no um, eight-way, there's no diagonal eight-way uh, input. Um, the, uh, what do you call it? The grappling hook mechanic is pretty much useless. Uh, the enemies do too much damage. And it ends just as fast as it starts, which is not a good way to get an indication of the game. Yeah. Another problem with the game is the controls
1: only allows you, if you use a controller and use D-pad, it has eight-way jump. It has eight-way attacking with your whip. I think it was a horrible design. Only used to use the uh, D-pad rather than the stick to do eight-way jumping. And I felt that the infinite spawn enemies were a lot more annoying than infinite because platforming in that game is very tight and very strict. And I was like, this is too much. I hope they take away some of the infinite enemy spawns in the game release. Other than that, I would be really upset they don't.
0: Yeah, I wasn't feeling it, which is why I don't remember playing it, because after I played I was like, "Man, nah, I don't care about this game. You would ask me about it, and I was like, nope, nope, I don't care about this game. Yeah. I was hoping it would be better, but out of my mind, I really don't care at the moment. Maybe when they come back and hopefully they got enough feedback from this demo for them to go back and go, you know what? This is not going the way that people want it. Let's reboot it. Or maybe they just won't care. I, I, if, I If they do that, I it would really hurt them. It's like, oh, but it's
1: hardcore and hard. Like Sometimes hardcore is not the answer to everything.
0: I don't even think it was hardcore. It just just wasn't very good. Yeah, I so know. Just- that was it. It just was not very good. I did not like it. I did not like it. Did not like that demo. So, yeah, not mm-hmm. Again, fair disappointed with it, but that, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. All right, now I think we're finally done with this podcast. Let's there something else anybody else wants to talk about before we bounce?
1: Uh, yeah, let's talk about the real problem in the room. Um, when is Dark? When is uh, Dark Souls Four? Where's Demon Souls Four? Come on, man.
0: Oh, you know what? I as I mentioned, it, I uninstalled Demon Souls, so I don't know. I I, I don't care. This... There will never be a Dark Souls Four. I've uninstalled all my Demon Souls and Dark Souls games. I will not be playing them anytime soon again. I am done. I am completely done. For those who say I can't do it, I did it with WoW. I uninstalled WoW and never went back. I can do that with this just as easily. Just start doing that to Destiny. You'll be fine. I have not been playing Destiny. Good. Got it. I think the final straw was yesterday when I they they did the um their Bungie newsletter. And they were like, you know, so we said we were going to do all these things with the Drone, and guess what? We're not doing shit with the Drone. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Literally done.
1: Yeah. You lied to us. No, 100%. It's, it's, it's something I anticipated because it came to service. It's like they are milking something. But honestly, uh, games of service can only go as far. If they, they are working with a paradigm of box that has kind of been done already, unless they got to create something new. Something new, new. That's just my sake, but I am looking at that later.
0: I also love when people say new, new. <laughs> it's just the word itself.
2: Yeah, it's new, 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 yeah. new,
0: new. It's new for you, new, new. Um,
2: but but as for where's that? Where's our video game? To I want to know where's my Darkstalkers three, goddammit, or four or whatever we're supposed to be up to? How about Darkstalkers super, super, super Darkstalkers Two Turbo?
0: Oh, man, you mean Vampire. Vampire Saber, dead. yeah. It's never coming back. Yeah. Stop asking for it, and oh no has gone, so it ain't never happening. The end. Sorry. Also, I found that game I was looking for. It's called Hellish Court, like in a court of milk. Hmm? It looks very interesting. It's a physics-based, realistic, 3D, sword-fighting duel game based in the 17th century. It now has early access. It has different types of styles and feints, and it is a one-hit death game. It looks very interesting. I think we need to reach out to the developer for this game.
2: I look forward to it never coming out.
0: But it coming out. What?
2: Early access does not mean it's coming out.
0: But there's a demo.
2: You can even play it. I'm going to play a demo. Yeah, and, ha- and how many early access games have had like a demo or something and they've never actually produced the full game?
1: Some people do that. Um, some people go early access for like five years till so the game is complete. So I don't know. It's how much we you trust. Yeah, I remember
0: games... Yeah, games and access is basically, all right, this is our demo, and uh, now you tell us how this game is going. Or you have people that have a clear mindset, like 3XX, early access. But you know what? We know what we're doing. Here's a taste for this game. You know, 3XX is amazing. Try not to curse, but it's amazing. Ask Josh. He'll tell you. All right. I guess we are done for this episode of the Spectator Mode Podcast. As always, thank you for listening to our show. This will be up on YouTube, also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Buzzsprout, uh, Spotify, Plex, and wherever else great podcasts are. Do us all a big favor. If you listen to this on iTunes, please think about rating the podcast. The more ratings we get, the higher we move up. The more people listen to the show, the better we get stuff done, the happier we are, the better the show becomes and the happier you guys become. It's an endless waltz, you know? So, just review it and do us proud. That's it from Keith, Carl, and Matt. Thanks for listening and good night, everybody.